Hey guys, before we get started on today's episode, if you are looking to start a side business, maybe you are interested in bringing in some extra income so you can fund your passion projects, those things that you feel called to do. In this podcast, we talk about step up, use your voice, make an impact, but sometimes podcasting or writing books or blogging and all that stuff takes a little bit to bring in some income. So maybe you want some creative ideas of ways you can fund the work that you're so passionate about. Listen, I have three ideas for you. These are ideas that I have personally used that's going to help you come up with the perfect side business idea. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, or you can go to heatherparody.com forward slash side hustle. Again, that is heatherparody.com forward slash side hustle. Or again, the easiest way is just click the link in the show notes, and I'll send you over three ideas that I've personally used over the past few years that bring in extra streams of income online. Leadership is really simple. It's love. When we love others, we we call out their unlimited potential. We don't point out their inadequacies. I've always felt immense fear. I was born with several falls. I have always felt small. I was told not to take risks. I may be blind. But I teach people how to summit. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up. Use their voice and make an impact in this world. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. If this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody. I am your host, but guess what? I'm not your only host today. I'm really excited to introduce to you my guest co-host today, Amanda Legrand. How you doing, Amanda? What is up? I'm so great. I'm so excited to talk with you and to do this thing. You want to talk about unconventional, Amanda. What are you up to in the world right now? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I live in a van. <laughs> uh, I just like to say that because people usually jump in with the joke down by the river. And I'm like, well, maybe if I choose to park there, but I am traveling, I'm writing, I am doing holistic health in the form of detox. So I'm getting people to simplify their lives. And I'm leading by example, as I'm just chugging along in a van going places. So it's kind of like from Instagram, I'm seeing, um, correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of like that minimalistic uh, travel life that people, you know, they get those RVs or those vans and they simplify their life and, and just that, that's what you're doing essentially, right? Yes. It's something I've wanted to do for about five years and now I finally have the gumption and the means and I'm like, I'm going to start where I am because that's super important. Start where you are and just jump into it and see what unfolds. So yeah, it, it's paring down everything to the absolute minimum um, because I feel like that's the best place to start. I can see what I want to intentionally add back into my life and um, build exactly what I want it to look like going from there. Mm, we could probably do a whole episode right on that, Amanda. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm really excited to have your input on today's topic. We're going to be doing a uh, little clip from an interview I did on LinkedIn with Jonathan Darling, who talked about holistic leadership and leading with your whole heart. Why is holistic so important to you? What does that mean? 
Um, well, first, the way we do one thing is the way we do all things, right? And that flows into our entire being. If, if I'm unhealthy physically, that's going to flow into my mental health. Um, if, I'm, if I'm out of integrity spiritually, mentally, then that's going to show up in my physical body. And so that's the same for concepts and our way of life and living. So holistically, I'm, that's, for me, it's the only way to go. Because you can't compartmentalize pieces of your life. Mm, that's good. That's good. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Jonathan's interview. We're going to get into that in just a second. Before we do, um, on Thursdays, we're going to introduce Thursday Thoughts, which is a new segment where I'm going to pull some interesting little uh, tweets from Twitter. Side note, I used to work for a, a man. He was in his, I think he's in his 60s. And I was helping him with his social media and he called it um, Tweeter. Every time we met, he was like, how's Tweeter going? I'm like, well, first of all, but I just want to, I'm going to pull off, I'm pulling off some of these tweets and I just want to kind of discuss them with you real quick, Amanda. And you were not prepped for this at all. So this is going to be awesome. Nope. I thought this was a good one. This is from at John Fuels saying, I'm probably mispronouncing that. It's in the show notes. Remember, your Twitter following is not a measure of your worth as a person. Retweet mm -hmm. if you agree so lots of people will see this. Uh, he's, he's, being, uh, he's being smart, I like. But yeah, dude, right. talk about leadership, um, building you know, influence, trying to make a difference in this world. I know sometimes it's easy for me to get stuck in that follower game. Like, who's paying attention? Mm -hmm. Who's showing me um, affirmation for the work that I'm doing? And then me basing my, my leadership off. Yeah. So I think about this a lot because it's kind of a struggle. There's a little bit of tension there of like, oh, I want to get my message out. But then if, if you get too attached to that outcome, to having the followers, then it's like you skip the foundation. If you have a solid message, it's going to get out. It's going to get out organically. So yes, you can be strategic, you can grow your following, but if you are more attached to that number than you are to your message, then you don't, you, you don't have, have a message. message. Yeah. Yeah. It's just smoke in my opinion. Exactly. How about this one? J Manny at J Manny. When you're happy, you enjoy the music, but when you're sad, you understand the lyrics. Yes. Thursday thoughts. What does that mean to you, Amanda? Oh, I, I'm such a, I'm a writer and a poet. And so lyrics are everything to me. And I'm that person that's, that's a little melancholy. And I love that. <laughs> Some people are like, smile more. And I'm like, no, understanding the lyrics. Can you say it one more time? Yeah. It says when we're happy, you enjoy the music, but when you're sad, you understand the lyrics. Yeah. So it's, to me, that just screams empathy. When you go through something difficult in your life, you have that understanding for other people and their situations. And it's, it's one thing to be happy. You can be all of it, but the understanding piece mm. is gold in mm. my opinion. Mm. I love that. Okay, we're going to end on this one. This is a, actually a retweet uh, from, uh, I don't know if you saw this video. It was a mom at Alyssa 360 style. It was retweeted by Harsh Mary Walla. Um, it was a little boy who gave himself some affirmation. So he was walking to school. Mm. Do you remember that? Do you remember seeing it? I have not seen that one. Okay, let me play it real quick. I am smart. I am blessed. I can do anything. And I just wanted to uh, just give that a shout out because I think it's freaking awesome. 
not only for kids, but also for ourselves. I'm a big affirmation freak mm-hmm. myself. I know some people don't believe in affirmations. What, what are your thoughts on them? Oh man. No, I'm there with you. So I went through a coaching program and it just, this makes me think of that because he really honed in on, we create our future. We're that powerful and we have to start with our thoughts. And so if we are repeating to ourselves like that adorable little kiddo, uh, the things that we are, that we declare to be going forward, we're going to see ourselves walk right into that. I don't know. I'm working on visualizing more lately, mm. really that state of being and embodying now what I want to be, even if I don't quite believe it yet. I think there's so much power in that. And uh, we are what we think. Our actions, our beliefs, all of that stem from what we're thinking every day. I heard somebody say we are what we feel. So too, like when you're visualizing, like attaching that emotion to it of like stepping into what does it feel like to be healthy or to be successful? Like imagine that emotion. And sometimes that's kind of hard because maybe you haven't felt that emotion ever before. But yeah, the the emotion piece too, I think is interesting. All right, let's go ahead. We're going to transition into uh, this interview with Jonathan Darling. I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. I am a national account manager for a company doing equipment. I also have started my own leadership coaching and speaking awesome. business called Engage the Heart Leadership, which is, uh, I do a lot of that on the side because I, I feel leadership can change the world if we put it back where it belongs, which is in the heart and directed with love. So yeah, all that out of the great city of Knoxville. It said Engage the Heart Leadership. When you think of the word engage, it means to involve, to bring to action, to associate, to attack almost. There's that old, that old saying, um, you know, do it with your whole heart or put your, put your whole heart into something. I think when it comes to leadership, I, I believe leadership should actually be limitless. I believe we put it into uh, this corporate context and this corporate box that it actually doesn't belong in mm-hmm. because I, I, I truly believe we're all leaders and it goes down to how we love and care for the people that we interact with on a day-to-day basis not only in our teams but in our families or communities the people we interact with in in line at walmart when we start to understand what leadership really is and we engage the heart we put our whole heart into it so we live it with our whole heart and then we bring people's hearts involved so you're okay let me hit the picture you're in the corporate world you're doing your thing I'm assuming you like it. You're successful. And then where did this come from? Where you're like, you know what? I'm going to spend my spare time right. building this idea around engaged leaders. Where did that come from? So about five years ago, I was working for a company and the the company, great company, but I didn't really feel cared for by my boss and by some of the leaders. And there was a, a few things going on that I just just kind of just didn't feel right in my heart. So I, I left I, I left that company and I'd always kind of been passionate about leadership and I, I read lots, of, reading lots of books and all types of different things. And then um, when I left the company, I started writing articles about leadership and just, it was really just something that I was just kind of passionate about and just kind of wanted to put my thoughts out there. I remember one day getting on the computer and seeing that I had some comments on my first, one of my first articles I'd written. And so I was pumped. I was like, man, somebody's reading my my stuff, right? Come to find out, like when I pulled up the comments, they were some of the most hurtful and derogatory comments I'd ever read about myself through some 
findings a, a few weeks later, it was the CEO and CFO of that company that I'd left who had made up fake email addresses to do that. And I just thought, you know, these were people that I looked up to that I wanted to be like that. In, in my mind, these were the epitome of leaders and who I was striving to be. And it, it really did break my heart. It crushed me. And I just thought, this can't be leadership. This can't be who I'm who I'm supposed to want to be like or to emulate my life like and to look at as as these examples of what it means to be a leader. I, I took this negative and it really propelled me in a new direction towards um, towards this passion of wanting to truly understand what makes good leadership. Through the last five years, it, it's really just come down to... I. I tell people I make things really simple that we oftentimes take all these concepts and procedures and different things that, and try to make it all really complicated. It really, leadership is really simple. It's love. When we love others, we, we call out their unlimited potential. We don't point out their inadequacies. Come when on. we love, you know, when we, when we love others, we build community, we build relationships, we build trust and vulnerability and transparency and all of these key buzzwords, right, that everybody talks about with leadership, all of those can't be formed without love. And, and you can't love people if you don't love people. And you can't lead people if you don't love people. And so it really has just become this passion that I just, I'm chasing. Where does that love come from? Because, you know, if you ask a leader, do you love your people? They're going to go, of course I do. That, it's interesting. I was actually reading a book yesterday uh, on, my plane, on the plane back from Seattle. Um, called the Trillion Dollar Coach, and it's it's about Bill Campbell, who was one of the biggest um, and and most popular leadership consultant and business consultants in Silicon Valley. And he started out as a high school and college football coach. He was the CEO of Intuit. Then he was he was like the business and leadership coach for all of Google, Facebook, uh, all like big time people. And he was just this rough and gruff old football coach. In the book, these guys were doing this because Bill Campbell passed away. These guys were doing this uh, biography on him, kind of like talking about his lessons. He said so often, they said so oftentimes, and it's so true in leaders and companies say that, oh yeah, we love our people. And they, and they do, they mean that. But what we have a tendency to do is separate our people from the position that that we, we care about the people in the position. We don't care about the people outside of the work line. In order to form that love, we need to stop separating the human from the role and start combining those because it's the human her, who performs the role. And if we aren't lifting the human up and that person and truly caring about them as the whole, then we're never going to be able to effectively help them become the best that they can be. And so I think there are people who love their people but they love their people in the position that they're in. And, and we need to bring the person in the role and, and see that they're not two separate things. There's a few things that stood out to me. First of all, he talked about love's part in leadership, which I think mm -hmm. is just so, so important as leaders. You know, I, again, getting, we talked about with the, with the, tw <laughs> the Twitter following and the social media and some of this very low level tactical stuff we get caught up in when we're building something, but then returning mm -hmm. to that core root of, of loving your people and being really people centric. I, I love that he brought that up. What was something that stood out to you in his interview? I mean, I, I agreed with his message because of what you're saying now. You can't move people into action if you don't connect with them on a heart level. It, it, so it felt kind of, I, I was like, yes, I'm all for it. And it felt kind of obvious to me too. I'm like, well, of course. But 
what a good thing to say it out loud so we can be reminded that it starts with that connection with people and we go from there. And I thought of anything that we're doing in the world, like let's pair it back down to our family unit. And um, are we loving our family? Are we caring about our family? And that's going to kind of mirror the type of impact that we're going to have on other people. And I think this relates just because he was talking about employees. Like, are you connected with your employees, not only during the day while they're at work for you, but also what they're doing in their lives? This story he told about how, and I just, I really resonated with, you know, him putting himself out there on, on his blog or whatever. And then his, his leaders, his bosses creating those fake accounts and like going in and making fun mm-hmm. of him and stuff. Uh, that just like got me, oh, it like punched me in the gut because that, I think there's a lot of potential embarrassment or shame sometimes when we're first putting our mm-hmm. message out there because we're thinking of that ridicule from our leaders and people who are going to not understand our message. You know, how disconnected from yourself do you have to be to be so judgmental and hateful to someone else? us loving our people, us loving those that we're trying to lead, we have to really first have that love for ourselves and really be wholehearted within our own lives. And I think it's common. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about circles of people that I associate myself with, and I'm so blessed that have, you know, I do have connections with a lot of heart-centered leaders. But outside of that, there are people that are struggling with their own selves, like you said. Mm-hmm. I think that's why people are drawn to entrepreneurship in that space right now. It's not just the, for me, it's not just about freedom with your money and time, which I think is more important right now in my own life, but also the freedom of expression. Because mm-hmm. when you're in that corporate world, it's a lot different when you're putting out content and all of that because it's, it's, it's not as celebrated as in the entrepreneurial space. Like entrepreneurial space, you're like, I started a podcast. You're like, awesome, cool. You know, you should have done that a long time mm-hmm. ago. And in the corporate world, like, uh, why? <laughs> yeah. And I wonder why that is. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's authenticity to be able to really step into your gifts. And, um, but what is your take on that? Like, why is it like that in the corporate world? I, I don't know. I really hated the few jobs that I did have, not because of any particular person, but it was just the same thing every single day. And anytime anything ever changed, it was like a huge deal. You know, in our world as entrepreneurs, creators, people who are designing their our own lives, changes every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 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 we we like that and we celebrate it. So I don't know if it's a just certain kind of breed of people. We're weird. I mean, we are unconventional. Um, <laughs> or or if that's you know an, an issue with the world. I, I don't know what it is, but it it just breaks my heart with people like Jonathan. You know, putting themselves out there, and that's the kind of response from from leadership. You're making me think of the Matrix. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, hey, Amanda, thanks so much for joining me today. Um, I, I loved this topic, loved hearing your perspective on it. And I really love what, you know, you're creating and designing out, you know, in the world. And I think you're a great example of, hey, if you've always wanted to do something, I believe it's there for a reason. I think God puts stuff in our hearts, uh, these desires in there, not by accident. But if you have a reoccurring desire and a dream and a vision to do something, consider that a hint from the universe that you need to get off your ass and go do it. Kind of like Amanda's doing with the hashtag van life and all that. Do you, do you see what's from here or are you just living one day at a time? What, what's the plan? Yeah. So I have learned very recently because I had a whole plan at least for a month where I was going, what I, how long I would be there. And then I went on a date and my date crashed my van. It set the whole plan off, but it was absolutely perfect. So what I'm doing from here is following my gut, my intuition. I've learned to really tap into that. 
And so there is no plan. The plan is to wake up and feel that magic and follow it. What kind of, how free do you must feel? Like, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I, I forget sometimes. Like, I, I want to step back into that comfortable life where somebody else told me what to do. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've actually designed it that, that I'm still making a living. I'm traveling around. I get to do absolutely everything that I want to do. It's crazy. <laughs> it feels really good. Very free. Where can people connect with you and follow along in this journey? Okay. So my Instagram is at Amanda Lagranda. You can also find my website, which is my first and last name. So it's amandalagrand.com. Those are going to be the main sources. You can find me on Facebook as well. Um, but yeah, go peek around my, my website. I've got a blog up and you'll be able to find me just what I'm doing day to day when you check my Instagram. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have not subscribed yet, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit that subscribe button. And also, if you have a second, leave us a review. Lastly, we have a private Facebook group. If you are looking for a tribe of like-minded leaders who are unconventional in their approach, but dedicated to making an impact, head over to Facebook and type in unconventional leaders and we will be sure to add you. You guys have a great week.